0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Network Show. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, from sunny California, where earlier today he broke onto a golf course and <laughs> wandered around, possibly harassing golfers, possibly kicking golf balls. Who knows what he was doing? <laughs>
1: Spread, um, why are you um, breaking and entering? I, I was just going for a walk this morning. I, I wanted to check to see just if the... Yeah, I just wanted to see if the gate was open. I was surprised. And then, uh, you know, it's a really nice golf course right right by where I live. But, you know, you're burying the lead here. And that was we might have had a better podcast doing our prep and just watching John sweat out his many, many plays so far today. So, John, why don't you give the people an update on how things are
2: going? I don't like Rebecca Peterson. She's bad <laughs> for my, my long-term health outlook um god she is always such a tumultuous player to back she's got a great game uh she did this in the olympics too against myra sharif in her first match i had her minus three games and she was up five one in the first set one in straight sets yet somehow pushed the minus three uh because she blew it was love 30 here at two all in the second she's up a set again up a break six four um Love 30 back to 40-30 now. And of course, it'll get to Deuce because that's how she operates. So just a little microcosm into the life of me trying to bet Rebecca Peterson matches.
0: <laughs> so pay attention, folks. You can watch John's face. He's obviously very animated. And I'm sure he'll pipe in with some noises. <laughs> know that that's why. We're going to start with the men's draw here as we did last week. Tennis is back in Cincinnati. Cincinnati the oldest tournament in america that is still in its original city i guess the u.s open or something moved at some point i don't know it was an odd qualifier but spread i mean they started
1: this tournament when you were in what high school back in 1899 (laughs) yeah it was quite the time there so it's great that they're uh it's kept up here pretty excited about this
0: we were in new york last year so we're back in cincinnati where the courts are a little bit different and if memory serves me john they're pretty quick right
2: yeah, Deco Turf is generally going to be one of the the quicker surfaces out there. Cincinnati was always, you know, it, it kind of uh, is 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 demonstrable in the fact that this is one of the places where Novak Djokovic had only I think won twice. He's done the Career Masters like double, I think, um, or is it was is it the Grand Slam double? He's done. I think he's done both uh, twice, but he's only won here twice in the past. He's not here, obviously, this year. Uh, I believe the big three all out again this week as they were here in Toronto. Um, and that's kind of why, right? It's always played, not Shanghai uh, level quick, but it, it is a quicker hard court. Um, so, so factor that into your handicap. Apparently Toronto is now too. Um, Damian Modlinski is a good follow on Twitter. He he documents uh, the ATP provides this data for the master's level. And I believe the 500 level, they don't do it obviously for the 250s where there's so many. Um, and it's just that technology to implement it at, at a lower level when there's not as much money involved. It's a little tougher to do, but Toronto playing medium fast this week because they changed the hard court surface, not to deco turf though. So it's still a higher bouncing ball. It's why you're seeing Stefano Titsi pass still really cruise through, Uh, but also why you may see Isner, Pelka, and Medvedev all doing well this week in Toronto as well. I'm still hoping for that Titsi pass outright uh, after Schwartzman 40-1 to lost in heartbreaking fashion. I believe last round against Bautista Agut had three match points on his racket. Couldn't convert. Bautista Agut was really, really strong in that match. So um, interesting, uh, interesting stuff or two rounds ago, I believe it was.
1: John, what was the name of that guy again that you follow on Twitter for the uh, court speed?
2: Damien Modlinski, Damien with an A and then M O D L I N S K I. He does a lot of like draw updates and, and qualifiers placed as well. Not always the first guy that's on stuff, but it is, it is a good follow and resource. Um, for you. some for some things you need for handicapping
0: thank
2: you yeah hey, we'll tweet him out on the
0: net worth account then so everybody can go follow him he is great and it's tough to find uh, there's a lot of tennis accounts on twitter but not a lot that have actual information so mm. that's always a big help and like you said john you know uh, toronto is not only similar to cincinnati and, and possibly the courts but we've got medvedev as the number one seed again again no novak djokovic medvedev here our number one seed in the top quarter pcb the seed down at the bottom be her here in the middle Bautista, so good again um might see a medvedev public match who knows i doubt that'll happen but we'll see american again, yeah. match the wild cards there nakashima and Mackenzie mcdonald i'm curious to see how that goes but seems like medvedev's quarter seems honestly like an easier quarter than he had last week and i see no reason to have him all the way through what say you john
2: um i would i would say in the first quarter right? the only thing i mean the only outright i'm gonna have in the men's draw in general i mean when you look at at least on bet three, six, five, when you go through kind of the order and the odds um, of their favorites, it seems about right. And the one number I disagree with is Hubie Hurkacz 33 to one. He's again in that Medvedev quarter. He met him in the quarterfinals. Of course, last night here in Toronto, I was on the over and I was on Hurkacz money line. Um, and of course <laughs> just couldn't win a tie break yesterday uh, for the players I backed, but he won, you know, he created I think three or four times more break point opportunities he had more uh, points won on his serve. He had more points won in return. He did not. He was not broken all match. Somehow still lost 2 6 7, six, seven six. But I certainly think that, you know, he was very competitive with Medvedev. The court's going to be a little more to Medvedev's liking here. So, you know, that will be an advantage. But he kept him so close in Toronto uh, that I don't know why her catch is so far out in the outright market pricing here. Davidovich hokina shouldn't really be a threat in the first round considering his recent form and his hard court play. Uh, that all or nothing style, the sliding, the physicality doesn't really translate as well uh, as it does on the clay forum. Andy Murray, of course, or a qualifier in the second round, shouldn't be, you know, too troublesome. And then Pablo Carreño Busta, who does like the courts a little quicker, you know, sneakily as a a Spaniard, he's got a sneaky serve, kind of sneaky forehand, doesn't do anything extremely well, but does everything pretty damn well, um, could be a problem. Other than that, I I foresee him right back in the quarters against Medvedev. And in the second quarter. uh, in this half, Rublev and Shapovalov is right for the taking. I mean, you could see a Rublev-Karatsev second round. Uh, that could be really, really intriguing as well. Uh, karatsev chilch first round is intriguing. Like, that second quarter could beat, beat each other up. And I, I do think, you know, Sinner, Rublev, Shapovalov, none are, are currently at the the level that I think Hurkacz has displayed. He can play on hard courts.
0: What do you think here, spread of the first quarter again? I like what John's saying in, in that uh, – Herkaz probably is the guy who has a chance. And also that, you know, we'll get to the second quarter, obviously, in just a minute. But the second quarter is not too scary there in the semifinal. So what do you think? Is it Medvedev or somebody else?
1: Uh, Yeah, on the top half, I like Medvedev here to advance to the final. Um, You know, he mentioned Hercox, And we'll go over some of the other guys that I think have a better chance of upsetting him. Because I do believe they are in the um second quarter i don't think to, are they gonna run quarter outrights because even if it's like minus a lot <laughs> i think medvedev's gonna be a pretty good to bet to be at least a semi so
2: I, not much to say here i think they have them for the women ironically they got the men's outrights overall up first but they have more derivative markets at least at 365 right now for the women they have winning quarter winning half reach the final Tournament it to be one without dropping a set. They don't have quarter winner yet for the women, but they only have the singular sure we'll market for the tonight, tournament outright. outright um, for, for Bet365. So they they opened the men first on the outright market, but then went and did four or five different women's markets, and then they haven't come back and done anything for the men yet. So uh, Peterson, five points away, guys. I cannot wait to see how she blows this cover. 4 <laughs> 2 love in the second set. This is going to be really, really fun, and it's going to be a fun melt for people to watch too.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, Spread. We'll see. I think quarter prices hopefully will open later tonight, maybe early tomorrow morning. Depends on, you know, kind of what the order of play and stuff looks like. But let's get to the second quarter real quick here. You know, Rublev again at the top and Chapovalov again at the bottom, just like we had last week. We do have Sinner in here. Krizenovic is in here. This might be fast enough for Kekmanovic. There are maybe some more interesting names in here. John, you mentioned Karatsev, Isner could definitely serve his way through here that was somebody i saw at 50 to 1 i might sprinkle that a little bit um who else stuck out to you here spread
1: yeah isner was the one i was going to talk about you know pig big american that type of serve on i don't i mean these court speeds i'll have to spend more time with damien now that you've given me that information john but my guess is this is the fastest surface in the whole in all of uh, north america um and so i think it just fits him fantastic I don't think you can count them out here. And really, I think that whoever wins this quarter is going to provide issues for Medvedev because let's assume it is Karatsev. If it is Shapovalov, um, Rublev, right? Uh, all these, Any of those guys in form can give uh, Medvedev trouble, so... If you're looking for an out route for the top half, I prefer this one. Uh, I personally like Isner. Maybe I'm just being a little uh, homer in America, and I should have worn my American flag shirt today. Uh, he's the one that I like coming out of quarter two uh, at the price, at the price.
0: Yeah, definitely considering the price. Again, there's a bunch of big names in there. I think, John, you like Isner too. Anybody else stick out to you here? Uh,
2: I'm not on Isner um, per se. I think it, the thing is uh, – you do run into the, the trouble. Remember, his biggest title comes at Miami on slower hards. Uh, he's doing well in Toronto this week, which is playing medium to medium fast. But again, I, I think when it gets too, too fast, you, you find the problem that you run into with City Pass and Center, where the return... And he like he needs time on return, right? And I think that's why he he can still serve through slower hard courts, and the fact that they're slower gives him a bit more time on the re- return side of the ball. So I almost wonder if this is going to be a little too for him. Plus, he's coming off a long week. Not that that matters because I don't think fatigue is a big issue, and his average point length is what like one point four balls. Yeah. Um, but you know, center like this is an interesting quarter. It, it's it's one I don't have an outright in, but it is a fun one to talk about. You've got Shapovalov and his red line ability uh, down at the bottom. You've, but also, again, if if you rush him and the courts are are want to, to do that, you're able, you're going to be able to do that on these courts. He's in trouble. You know, same thing goes for Yannick Sinner here. He's going to serve really well, but you can rush him on return. You know, same thing goes for John Isner potentially. Andre like Rublev and Karatsev that that second that potential second round match could be really intriguing because I think the winner of that could really do some damage in this quarter. But a lot of interesting, like Cam Norrie, is this going to be? To his liking, is it going to be a little too quick for him? Uh, Mirimir Kitchmanovich, as you mentioned, likes it a bit quicker. Has Benoit Paire first round, who's want to you know perhaps just screw off and not want to play. Uh, he just tweeted the ATP saying he's tired of their BS uh, in French in the in the past few days. And Kitschmanovic could very well serve his way through Shapovalov. Like, I mean, that's like you mentioned, that's an there's a lot of intriguing little storylines here. The Krynyanovich versus Diminauer. Diminauer came back from COVID, lost in three to I think Stevie J and then was embarrassed last week by Basilashvili. So does Krajinovic, who has a decent serve, does he kind of lick his chops and think, well, maybe this is a spot I could make a run um, because it would be uh, Monfils off a semi-lengthy week or Lajevic in the second round. Very, very winnable match. You know, Demenauer at this point seems like a very winnable match. There's so many guys in this in this second quarter that will look at this draw and think, hey, you know, this is this is an intriguing spot for me considering who I'm around.
0: It will be fun. Again, I'm still kind of 50-50 on that Isner at, right? But just based on the number, like you said, spread, that's what stuck out to me. Let's jump into the third quarter. Kasper Rood's our seat at the top. Alexander Zverev here at the bottom. Um, again, some other interesting names in the middle. Opelka's here. We've got Tiafo and Umber there in the first round. That should be pretty entertaining. Um, we'll see what qualifier gets placed here as well. What do you think of the third quarter, John?
2: Uh, I mean, it's it's all going to come down to how Alex Zverev looks, right? He's got to buy. He's taken some time off. He skipped Toronto. He did skip this week, if if I recall correctly, after winning the Olympics. Kind of a, a fatigue issue or whatever. He's Going to come back now. He's going to have a bye. I don't think there's going to be any lagging fatigue. The seed opposite him um, with the bye here is Caspar Rude, not someone that's going to be particularly threatening on a fast hard court. Uh, he's you know who's really going to threaten him? Lloyd Harris has to serve. Could he could he serve well enough to maybe force some tiebreak? Sure, I suppose. But Fonini or Basilashvili, Goffin off injury, Pela who still looks terrible. Um, In the third round, where where is the trouble coming from here? Schwartzman, Evans, Umber, Tiafo, maybe Umber on a quicker court where, again, the the lefty serve is working. We saw him do it to to Zverev in Hala. The deco turf is going to be, it's not going to be grass low bounce, but it's going to mirror it, you know, more than any other hard court would. So maybe Umber could be a problem here, but this, this to me is Sasha's to lose.
0: What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I think you like Zverev as well when we were talking pre-show.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be quick, so I'm just not repeating what John said. But, hey, look at his look at his other seeds here. Uh, rude. Okay, that's going to be tough. But you got GoFund and, and Schwartzman, who, who both – this is, like, the worst surface for them. I mean, I think this is a great quarter. Uh, I really like him here. This is two chocks. If they allow you to parlay, give me Zverev to win his quarter, Medvedev to win his quarter, and I don't really need to do a lot of thinking about this men's side.
0: So I have a question for the two of you. And To be honest, I just looked this up, so this is totally a surprise. How many main draw matches has Alexander Zverev won in Cincinnati in his life? Uh-oh. Not two. a lot?
2: Zero. <laughs> He's never won a main draw match yet. Well, there you go. He but, I mean, if there's a great time two, for him to
0: do it. He, qual- he qualified in 2015 but then lost his first round match there, lost in three to George in 2015, lost in three to Shugita in 2016, three to Tiafo in 2017, three to Haas in 2018, three to Kekmanovic in 2019, and last year in three to Andy Murray. So maybe just bet
2: the over in his first how, match. How many
1: uh, times is he coming off like a nice little run in Canada, though?
2: I think that might be a little back different. Back, well, I don't think he's ever made a run here. So he just
1: sucks over here, and I just flub this pick? The
2: quarters in Montreal a few years back, is that a deep run? I mean... quarters the year before that i don't think he's made it past the quarters in yeah okay well canada he won he he won montreal he did win montreal in 2017 yeah but the last the last couple years he he hasn't had that excuse it's been quarters and that was just gonna be my
1: theory maybe he's coming off long weeks because i would assume that the surface just uh, once would play more to his skills in 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 canada than it oh my god well
0: i'm taking his first round opponent to win two one no matter what happens Excellent. Let's jump into the fourth Excellent. quarter. Stefano Sitzipas. John likes Stefanos. We'll see if he wants to talk about it. I think he needs a break. Spread, what do you see here? Beratini's back. There's Hatchinov in here. Felix, Garen, Corda, maybe, but you know, he, he had to withdraw last week. So it does seem kind of like we're looking at Sitzipa again making a deep run. He has the bye, so I'm not too great about the fatigue there. What do you think, Spread?
1: All right. Now, normally, right, on these pods, I would be picking Hashinov because that seems to be what I've been doing lately. But I'm going to switch it up, and I am going to go with the Italian here. This is my favorite outright of the whole tournament. I'm going to take Barantini. Um, you sent me the numbers. I think he's 14 to 1. Uh, I like that a lot here. Um, so Sitsipas, we just talked about the fatigue. Um, he's, you know... Uh, if he wins today, he'll be playing into tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be a, a long week for him. Uh, Hashinov that we have liked, but I do like Barantini on this service. FAA is just all over the place. I don't know if I can trust him. Um, Garen obviously will be an issue if he's able to talk, uh, take out since the past. And, and Korda would be one that I'd be high on, but he withdrew last week, right? So I don't really know where his fitness is. Barantini is my, my only outright for this whole tournament for the to win the whole deal. And I'm taking him at fourteen to one.
0: And we'll see if, if Berrettini, you know, comes through and, and does well. Obviously, the surface should be good for him, and I don't mind his draw. But Asitapod seems to just be the best player in this half. I don't see any reason that he gets kind of knocked off before them. Now, John, I know you're sitting there sweating Peterson here, but uh, do you want to give us your
1: thoughts on the fourth qu- fourth quarter? Oh, he froze on us. You'll know, uh, have to I'm hop sure out. Hopefully sure we'll Harrison, get... he'll hop, up, hop back in. All right. I'm sure we'll get John back
0: here in just a second. I know that he did like Sitzipa and we were going back through, kind of figuring out what the best number is there. But um, as he pops back again, like you said, spread, and we've all kind of mentioned, this is just a tough week from an outright perspective. You know, Opelka, 50-1 to 1 down in that kind of third quarter, it looked interesting, but it We'll see. And you know, I agree with you guys. Vera should do well here. It is odd. I was surprised. That's part of the reason I look. I know he does well in Masters, but I don't remember him ever kind of making a run here. And maybe this is just the one he hasn't gotten through yet. So uh, you're out I mean, right. Yeah, so had-
1: right. A super quick card is not probably not the best for him. I just thought he had the, the, the easiest quarter.
0: Yeah. So you're out rights again. What you're going to take, uh, Isner 50. Um, Barrettini, you said 14. And
1: was there anything else? And then I'll parlay if I'm allowed to because Bookmaker's kind of been weird about that. I might have to try bet online or see. I'd like to parlay a med and as to win their quarter as well. I think I can get to close yeah. to even money there. But I mean, their numbers aren't even out. If they're both minus 400, throw that out the window, right?
0: Yeah, we'll see. I think we will get some quarter prices. And obviously, trying to put them together is tough. Um, you know, again, for me, I'm kind of circling that Opelka and fit Isner at 50 to 1. but. As I look at this draw, I'll probably just do better betting the match to match. And given the fact they have long weeks, we'll see how that goes. So um, anything else from you on an outright perspective here before we jump into the individual matches? Nope. Not a ton that we have out here right now. Again, it it is a big tournament, but we don't have qualifiers placed. And there is a handful of buys. Um, The first match that we... Um, let me go through here and try to make sure that we don't hit the ones that John has. Um, he wanted to talk about RBA Dimitrov and Fritz Ramos, um, as well as Herkaz and uh, Fokin. I guess is how he's talking about Herkaz. He likes him there. So we'll circle back to those if we get John back. And I Do you want to talk here about Isner, Nori? This is basically lined right at a pick If I had to yeah. guess, you like Isner here, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do. But I want to talk to you guys about it because one of the things that I realized last week, uh, you know, talking to you guys, is that I underrate Nori. Um, so of course, you know, hopefully we'll get John's thoughts if his internet gets back up here real soon. Um, but am I doing it again? Am I underrating Cam Nori?
0: This is tough again, because you've got Isner coming off a long week. He's still not done yet here. Um, you know, one of the things about Nori, I'm not sure if he's as good here on some of these quicker surfaces. You know, one of the reasons I think that, uh, people were optimistic about him last week is that, um, they thought Toronto would be a little bit slow. It turns out that it is not. Um, let me go through here and see how he's done in Cincinnati before if he has played. Now, it looks like it'll be Norrie's first time in Cincinnati, but I think given the speed of the courts, it's, it's probably Isner, honestly. I mean, if if he's coming and playing, I think that's a nice line. So I, I think it's Isner or Bass, like you
1: said. All right, and it looks like John just tweeted he's having a power outage, so we probably will not get him back. Um do you want to just power through what we've got and then maybe uh, i'll get with him and maybe we'll get on and get his thoughts here later this weekend or uh something to that effect
0: yeah we'll kind of keep going through here there's only one okay. more men's match you wanted to talk about karatsev and Chilich. um you know again the faster hard courts are probably better for Chilich. my guess is you were thinking about back in karatsev
1: exactly i thought the price was short i didn't think that ch- i think that Chilich is just a name now um going through his results right i mean have <laughs> haven't been too impressive right uh, am i just crazy here am i just buying like recency bias and am i underrating a chillish because i have a tendency to do that on the men's side uh, on the women's side i think anyone's capable of any, anything anytime on the men's side i think i have a tendency to just take recent form and overvalue it I think Chilich, like you said, it's
0: respect for his name, of course, but also respect for uh, his performances here. He won this event in 2016, made the semifinals in 2018, so it's been a little while, but I think he's getting some respect, and again, with the speed of the surface, it might be better for him. So I'm not 100% sure how to kind of push that match, but um, I would say the speed there definitely kind of hangs things up, but – Let's jump into the women's draw, talk about that a little bit. Again, if we happen to get John back there at the end, we'll have him back on, or I'm sure he'll tweet all his stuff out. But uh, packed field's on, on the women's side here. Ashley Party, our number one seed here at the top of the first quarter. Muguruza at the bottom. Son Stevens playing better. Yastremska is back. Krejcikova and Kazakina play there in the first round. Azarenka in a place where she's very comfortable. A couple of qualifiers here. Um, who did you have coming out of this?
1: Uh, I think that Ash has a great chance here. Um, I don't like her number though. So that's not the outright, uh, that I'm going for. And I'll tell you what, this is, this is a rare week for me. I thought it was easier for me to pick, um, the the men's side than the women's, which is, which is much tougher for me. None of these numbers really jumped out to me as like misprices or values. You know, that keys is someone that I usually like her form has been so bad. They're not even going to tempt me at that 40 to one um owns obviously long week for her uh, tough loss to pagula last night 50 to 1 i guess is tempting um but i just don't believe that she gets it done for for the whole deal i think that they've priced me out and i know i'm opposite of john here because john likes naomi at plus 450 um i'm i'm not a believer in naomi right now um so i'm not getting involved in that ash plus 550 seems about fair maybe a little short even though i do like her to win the tournament and of course sabalanka at plus 750 you can't discount that because like i talked about with medvedev and we can break go into this if you disagree but i also think this is just the tournament that's tailor-made for her style so uh i think the sabalanka is worth worth a look at seven out to one but full disclosure you just gave me these numbers before the show they're not up on the offshores and i haven't bet any of them yet
0: Yeah. And again, circling back to the first quarter, yeah, it sort of sets up nicely for Barty and she did do well here. Um, in 2019, she skipped it last year. She basically didn't play too much tennis outside of Australia. Um, But, you know, looking at her number, I wonder how she's going to do. Again, she'll have a bye. She hasn't had a chance to build up too much form. The qualifying field is very good. So she's going to have a qualifier there in that second match um, who's had a chance to build up some form. And I expect her second match in the third round there to be Victoria Azarenka, who's done very well here. Um, She's someone I actually backed from an outright perspective, was able to get her 25 to one to win this tournament. I think that's a great number given, you know, what she might look in some of these individual matches, especially as she gets later and, you know, kind of builds up some form. And then the bottom half of this quarter, I I like Barbara Krejcikova here. I think that the first match against Kasakina might be tough, but I think she's the better player there. Her second match against either McNally or Stremska is not a problem. And then we'll see if Muga Roots is there, but, she hasn't done too much from a, te- a tennis perspective lately. She's you know, not really in very good form. And Krejcikova really only has lost to people who have won tournaments in, in the last couple months. So Krejcikova also at 33-1 to for my first two outright selections there in the first quarter. Hopefully I have uh, both quarterfinals spread.
1: I-, I agree with you. Let me just go through and try and support you. And I'll go through and I'll just pick apart uh, your other options for this quarter. Allison Risk, form has been terrible right now. Surface should lend well to her. I can't. I don't think the ser- the, the kind surface is enough to overcome her form. Uh, you mentioned Vika here. She's a fantastic look, and she's had great uh, success at this tournament before. She really likes it quick. It allows her to play. And even being older, she still has fantastic reflexes, and she's going to take advantage of that. Kredjakova is one that you mentioned. I actually like the Vika pick a little more. Uh, so my worry about Kredjakova is that maybe we're seeing a little WTA red line run, and it might be coming to an end here. So I. I really Really now, she's at the point where I all I always value her. I'm never gonna underestimate her again. But I'm also I want to see it a little more before I really put her in that top tier of players. But if you take her tape study from this year, she's she's in the top tier of players. So I just want a little more consistency, and then I'm more ready to back her there. I'm fine laying off that outright, and if it, if it fails, I lose. Kasikina, she's playing great right now. Terrible surface for She's played a lot of tennis in the last two weeks. Uh, that seems to be a fatigue fade. And, of course, uh, drawing Krejcikova in the first round is terrible. Uh, McNally, I don't rate highly at all. Justremská uh, out of form, uh, really struggling since she's came back. Sloan, what more can we say about Sloan? I actually think Sloan's better. And, and I do look to back her a little bit as the season continues. I really like her form. I really like her fitness. I've really been disappointed in, like, her mental game and her execution um, during the matches. And I'm thinking most recently to the one that she lost that, that I was quite disappointed uh, that she was not able to pull it through. Where I, what did she have, a 4-2 or a 5-2 lead in the third? Anyways, uh, kind of disappointing. And, and Muguruza, right, is the ultimate... Um, Coin flip. She's either fantastic, right, or, or absolutely terrible. So I love your outright of Vika there and basically a long form answer.
0: Yeah. Second quarter, we've got Spitalina there at the top, Schweitech down at the bottom. They're very good players, but again, given these quick sur- circuit surfaces, maybe not the best spot for them. Um, Zachary is kind of interesting to me. I know that you don't think of her as maybe a quick surface player, but has done very well here. Has made at least the quarterfinals uh, the last three times she has played. Um, Ostapenko's down here. We've got one of our, probably the best first round match, Alexandrova against Brady. Kvitova and Keyes should be fun. Keys generally does well here, but hasn't played much tennis. And then Olga Jabor is kind of interesting. You know, again, the quick surface, maybe you don't think of her, um, as that kind of player, but it keeps it from being kind of a fitness thing and her overall tennis acumen, her ability to volley. And I think, again, the speed helps her serve a little bit. So a lot of interesting names there. And I had a couple that I already backed, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be crazy. Another network show where I don't back Madison Keys. Her her form has just been terrible, and John's power is back. So I, you're the host. You figure out how, how we'll navigate that. I'll finish up my second-round thoughts, and then that'll give you a little time to figure out uh, the new format of the show. Um, Svitolina, uh, great. She's been playing well. Uh, I don't like her on the surface, so I'm not going to back her there. Uh, Sakari, boy, she's tough to back after last week. Uh, she just, once w- she gets ahead with those breaks, she never serves things out. I think Kerber might be worth a look, but I don't know. Uh, Ostapenko, uh, she, I don't think she's a hundred percent. You know, she had that one injury that, that had the, all the drama with Isla and she's played terribly since then. So I believe that she really is hurt. Um, I hate this, um, surface though for Zidanzik though. So I'm not going to fade her first round. Alexandrova and Brady is a fantastic match in the first round. And maybe this is a tournament for Brady to refine, find her form. Um Kvitova, she looked pretty good this week. Um uh, and I did notice it's gonna be pretty cool in Cincinnati. Looks like it's gonna be highs in the eighties all week. Uh that, that fits in well for her. Jump in. The humi-
2: the humidity though, uh, I checked on on the the Google stuff. It's gonna be between like 75% and you know 90%. And here all week it was 28 degrees Celsius, but with the humidity hovering around 65%, it felt like 39, which is about 102. So that humidity is really gonna kick. Um, you know, kick her butt too if it does bring that temperature up. Like, everyone's going here, oh, well, we need 20, and it's only 85 degrees. It's nothing. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, if you do anything about the Humidex, you would know it actually feels like 103, which is actually pretty warm in case people, you know, don't make that computation.
1: Damn. Yeah, I, I'm not much of an expert on humidity. Like, our, our highest we ever get is like 4% out here. <laughs>
0: All right, John, since we've got you back, um, we'll get back to – we kind of skipped through the men's matches. I think we'll get those at the end of the women's. But let's circle back to the first quarter. You know, spread um, didn't have too much. You know, pretty competitive quarter. Thought it set up nicely for Barty. I've actually got an Azarenka and a Krejcikova outright. I was able to find Azarenka 25-1 to and Krejcikova 33-1. to I think in a tough quarter they kind of have nice spots, and uh, the circumstances could be pretty friendly. But what do you think of the first quarter?
2: So, did you guys do the recap of the men's of your men's outrights yet? Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll do that again. Okay, the end. we'll hit so, that at the okay, end. Perfect. I just want to go. My, I'm a, I'm a quarter unit on Hubie. Thirty-three to one is the only one I have uh, on her right. catch. So I'll get that out of the way first. Um, sorry, we're on the first quarter here. Yeah, I've, I have nothing. I don't want to touch this first quarter. Uh, little tid, like nice little uh, thing on Krejcikova is I, I like this matchup for Dosh. Not like she's gonna be able to deal with Krejcikova, who's not gonna generate a ton of pace and who's who moves, well, massages the ball well side to side. That's something Dosh she can deal with. Not sure. I think Barbara probably likes the quicker courts more, and she hasn't lost to a non-tournament champion in who knows how long. Right? Wimbledon was Barty, and the Olympics was Benecic. So, um. I, I'm interested to see how she fares here. Uh, so if Dasha wins first here. round, the title watch is on then, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. well, there you go. Get that out <laughs> right
2: quickly. According to recent history, yeah. Uh, but look, that, there's there's some that that second round matchup is is kind of a wild card. If Muguruza looks good, which she has she has and hasn't off and on for a couple months now, that's a wild card for me. Vika's a wild card for me. There's four qualifiers, five qualifier spots if I'm not mistaken, in this quarter of tennis draw challenges, right, because the WT didn't put the draw on the website. Uh, these third parties have the draws up on their websites before the actual WT tour does. Whole other issue. Um, but there's so many question marks in this quarter that I just avoided it.
0: Yeah, we'll jump into the second quarter then. You know, Spread talked about it being pretty open. Unfortunately, he's not going to back a Madison Keys out, right, John? But <laughs> I, there are two names that stick out to me. I think Maria Sackery kind of has a nice draw. I know a few people kind of chirped to me about – Kerber a little bit, maybe like her in that first match, but she's done well here. The last couple times she's played, um, made the quarterfinals um, in 2020. That was the year she beat Serena in three sets, 2019, you know, beat Sabalenka, beat Kvitova, um, lost to Vardy in three sets there. So I think Zachary can actually do pretty well here. She is um, 35 to one. And then Ulms Jabor, uh, someone who's playing some nice tennis. Um, and again, I think these Courts are quick and could be good for her, given her serve and kind of her variety. I was able to get her at 50-1. to 1. So two outrights for me here. What do you think of this quarter, John?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Iga still has a lot to prove on quicker hard court services. Svitolina struggles with some power players. We've got a fair few of them here in Alexandrova, uh, Kvitova, Keys. Jabour's serve is pretty big um, on her first serve. So uh, Kutamatova as well. Like, there's there's a lot of trouble for Svitolina. So I definitely would look to attack the seeds, uh, the the two seeds with buys, uh, pardon me, in this quarter, um, the two I picked were Alexandrova and Jabour, both at fifty to one. Because look, Alexandrova, Jennifer Brady's played one match since coming back from plantar fasciitis, and she was routine in that match. She's a favorite here against Alexandrova, and that's really intriguing to me. I think we'll get to that in the in the individual match um, stuff. But I'm not sold on Jen Brady here. Uh, Ostapenko is just too kind of up and down for me to not want to attack that this little section and then of course Alexandrova has that type of game that profiles well against someone like Alina Svitolina so I do think she's got a path that makes sense and then of course Jabour is also 50 to 1 and she's in the other part or section of this quarter again Contivate terrible form right now absolutely terrible form uh for quite a while again Chiantic still has a lot to prove On quicker hards, uh, the one thing I will say is I don't know if Jabour's drop shot will be as effective against someone like Iga. She moves pretty well. She's pretty athletic. Uh, But I do like the fact that they're both 50 to 1. They can both play in quicker conditions. Uh, They're both having a relatively good year on the whole. Uh, Alex hasn't been as good lately. Jabour obviously coming off a good week where she ran out of steam there. That's the only concern with her, I guess, um, in that third set against Pagoula. She actually was serving 5-4-30 love up for that match. Um, So the Pagoula win there was actually rather fortunate. But, um, you know, I think this profile is well for both of these women to potentially come through. And at 50 to 1, I think they're both well worth a shot with a, with a small stake size.
0: Let's jump into the bottom half. We have a third quarter full of people who did very well this week. Um, Pliskova is here. We've got Pagula here. Irina um, Sabalenka is here, although she did lose just today. Elena Rybakina is playing some good tennis, although she lost her first match there. Merton's also in here. Um, a pretty fun third quarter, but hard for me to pick this apart. What do you think, John?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about Hal up here, but she's still coming back. Um, you know, lost her, I think, her first match against Danielle Collins, albeit from a set up. Uh, and it was a really tight match, which was impressive considering Collins' form. But I'm going to go ahead and say the, the the best number for me here is Rabacan at 20 to 1. Um, you basically get a buy. She doesn't have a buy like Kleszko and Sabalanka, but you basically get a buy in that first round at Sam Stozer, who keeps getting wild cards. I don't know if it's like past success or like the fact that she's, uh, did she win the US Open? Was that her slam? I think it was the US Open that was her slam. So maybe that's Apparently why so. the USTA and these American hardcore tournaments keep giving her wild cards, but it's a, as good as a, as a buy for me uh, as she's going to get in a first round match. Uh, Marin's is going to be tough second round, but again, Marin's like Svitolina, str- struggles against the type of player that Rabakana is. Uh, and then Sabalanka off a long week. Uh, you know, I think these two generally play each other tight for a reason. Um, they both have the big serve, big forehand, ability to spray. Uh, And Sabalenka obviously moves a bit better than Rabakina, but you can see why, you know, that's a fairly tight match. So 20 to 1 here, I'd I'd rather take than Sabalenka off a long week at a much lower price if I were to take something from this quarter.
0: Yeah, what do you think here, Spread Again, a lot of big names, but a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you sum that up great. That's a a great segue there. Uh, Obviously, Sabalenka, we're going to have fatigue issues um and from a complete outright perspective i actually don't trust her i think that she's just money to win the quarters um and then you stay away from the full one you know that i i love uh bedosa wasn't really too impressed with their form as of late and i don't know if this is the surface to turn it around for uh petra i took a shot at uh at the with the dog against dasha last week and her form just is just not there um, felt like she had plenty of opportunities, and it didn't feel like I was watching the same player um, that I was betting on in, in 2020. Uh, Rybakina, you summed up well. I will skip that one. Uh, Martin's right. She's easy. Better better when she, she's favored. She loses against the top 10. Simona Halep is the big question mark here. I actually was quite impressed with the way that she played in her first match back and however long. And, and for selfish reasons, I want her to lose so I can back her at the U.S. Open at a big price. So I'm hoping she loses. I just don't think it's going to happen, um, unfortunately, early. Uh, Pagula could obviously give her problems, you know. And then Putin Seba, who's someone that we like to back, and I don't like the service. And is going to be tired here as well. So um, I, I agree with, with you guys that Rybakina is definitely worth a look.
0: Yeah, almost bet her 25 to one, but I think given her path, we might honestly do better match to match. What did you have, John?
2: I uh, just wanted to also point out that for those who have bet qualifiers, there's obviously ongoing right now being in North America. Uh, I don't know if you guys, if this was announced earlier, uh, I'm just seeing it now. Lauren Davis and Sinyakova, who a lot of people were on, has been canceled. Sinyakova has withdrawn or got no bumped to the main draw, one or the other. Uh, it's Christy on now against Davis. So if you had a bet on Lauren Davis or multiple bets, as I know, our friend of the show, Snize, did. Those are now voided.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. A tough week for Sinia Kovac on a tough travel spot for her. I'd have to come here and qualify. Let's jump into the fourth fourth quarter, which could be really fun. Um, you know, something we talked about quite a bit probably in 2019 was how many times we're going to get to see Andreescu play Osaka on hard courts in a big tournament. Well, we've got a chance this week. Andreescu is the seed at the top of the fourth quarter. Osaka the seed at the bottom. Some good names there in the middle, though. Coco Goff, um, Pavlyuchenkova there, Benchic, Danielle Collins. Um, but I think it does come down to what you think about Osaka and Andreescu. And uh, I know, John, you were pretty confident in Osaka there. Did we talk
2: you out of betting her
0: outright at four and a half to one, or are you still doing it?
2: No, because I think the the only way that the rollover uh, presents better odds is for a perfect scenario to happen with certain names falling into into place and I don't think Andreescu is going to get there to prevent that. I don't think Sabalenka is going to get to the semi to to you know kind of keep that price um you know bettable for Osaka in individual match markets. Look, anyone who knows me on Twitter knows I'm not the biggest fan of Naomi Osaka. I'm not huge on her antics if you will, but this I mean this sets up really well for her North American hardcore court tournament back on a quicker court. Uh, I would have been more worried if she was coming off you know, not having played in a while, but she did get three matches in Tokyo despite being routined by Vondrosova. This is, you know, one, a little bit of a slower court there in Tokyo. uh, And two, she did have two nice wins leading into that. So she's got three matches in her belt. She's going to be practicing here back on a quick hard court, back in North America where she's fared well. So I do, I really do think Osaka at four and a half to one or 5.5 in decimal odds is certainly something to take a look at, something I will be on, because I, I do think she's got a well over 20% chance to win this tournament for a few reasons. One, Coco Gauff is is probably the toughest match. It'll be her first one, right? Playing that first match uh, back could also present maybe some rust. Uh, not first match since Tokyo, sorry, could present some rust. But you look at Coco she can serve really big, but she can't serve as big as consistently as Osaka. She double faults more than Osaka. Her forehand is far leakier than Osaka's. I mean, she's just not up to snuff in in, in a lot of regards when it comes oh, to playing 18. Naomi. Right, exactly. So it is a t- it could be a tough match for Naomi but everything would have to click for Coco and she'd have to pretty much shore up all the parts of her game that have looked really, you know, kind of wobbly of late or the last few weeks. Uh, then, you know, I mean, Pavichenko of Paratykmen Tserystea who's really troubling her here. You'd have to have an informed Bianca Andreescu. We haven't seen an informed Bianca Andreescu since when? Uh,
0: last Miami?
2: Oh yeah. This year when she had to withdraw in the final, that was her, was that, did she make a run at at the Aussie too? No, I think that's it. Um, So, I mean, Bianca has just been so hit or miss and it's, she's a lot like the two Canadian uh, men who, when they're on, they are, they're tough to beat. When Felix is on, he's made eight finals. I think he just turned 21, right? He, but he depends on redlining, as does Shapovalov uh, to his one title Roman. I think, Stockholm. Um, and when he makes longer runs in tournaments, he can beat the best players in the world, but he's got to be redlining to do it. BB is a lot like that now. In the past, she did show some, you know, mental acumen, some strategic tactical play. But it happens, you know, three of every 10 tournaments now. It's not something she's shown she can do consistently. So I have huge question marks about her ability to get to this point, especially if she has to go through Carolina Mojovo, who is very tactically aware, had a bad week against Dodain in Toronto, but very tactically aware, can mix things up against BB. We saw what Jabour did to BB when she was able to mix things up. BB's coming off an injury concern in Montreal as well. Remember that match? She took a tumble, won the first set, lost the second, and then was absolutely destroyed in the third that's a red flag three she might have to play danielle collins as well in that little section who is on absolute fire right now way too many red flags for me to consider Andrescu as someone who could be a viable opponent in that quarterfinal match against naomi osaka at, with the information we have available to us right now Sure, she could redline. She has a bunch. We've seen her win a Grand Slam doing it. We've seen her win Indian Wells. We've seen her win the Rogers Cup in the past, doing just that. But I am not sold on BB uh, doing much this week. And as a result, I do think Osaka in this quarter is presenting value despite being the favorite. I hate betting the the WT favorite in an outright market. But Osaka has a far greater than 20% chance to win this. And the odds have her just below, the implied probabilities have her just below 20%. I got to play it even though it's it's a pretty chalky thing to do, especially in the WTA where we try to avoid it. But can't help myself.
0: Now, Spread, the last two times Osaka has played this tournament, she didn't win, but she also didn't lose any matches. You know, <laughs> yeah, she possible. withdrew, right, in New York? She withdrew both times. Yeah, she well, withdrew in the in the final before Azarenka and then actually retired in the third set against Sofia Cannon there in 2019. That was, but that was the protest thing, well if you recall.
2: That yeah. was the Jacob Blake protest. That's what really got the whole fire conversation, fire starter going um, with the BLM movement with her was that match. She said, I'm not playing the final. Give it to Azarenka it's a walkover and then she went to New York won New York with all the different face masks right so that wasn't an injury related that was a um stance related or issue related
0: so what do you think of this quarter spread I mean do you agree with John that it's Osaka um do you think anybody can knock her off
1: I disagree so John John took his time and he ran down the Canadian favorite I know Osaka's technically Japanese for endorsement purposes, but let's be real. She grew up in Florida, and she's an American, so I'll run down the American <laughs> star here, okay? Um, I love it. Uh, so, Coco, I, I I think this is a fantastic match and a fantastic opportunity for Coco Goff, a young woman who has just as much talent, and guess what? I know that she's 100% dedicated to tennis. She hasn't mm. made it yet. She doesn't have her own Netflix documentary, and, and mm. she is motivated to go. As far as Naomi's concerned, let's say Naomi never played another tennis match in her life. She's had the she's had a fantastic successful life. She, she I I question her commitment to tennis at, at right now. She has so much going on in the world. I mean, she's the number 1 celebrity in Japan. She has a high profile boyfriend and they do stuff. She's in magazines every week. Um She's got a a platform and a voice regardless of of her success. I question Naomi's success. So let's just say she does get by Coco. Uh, I think Pavlyuchenkova, uh, that would... I think that could wear down Osaka. I don't necessarily think. I think if Osaka gets past Coco, she gets past Pavs or Kuznetsova. But whoever comes out of this top quarter, I, I just I don't see her getting past because let's say BB does make it right. That means I know BB's in form. I'll take an informed BB over an informed Naomi. Uh, I really think that at her That is best, a spicy take. It's spicy. It is. But I mean, I, how many times have we done this over the last four years? In 2018, nobody could beat Sloan on, on Harcourts, right? And then it was like, nobody can beat BB on Harcourts. She's the queen of Harcourts. Now Naomi's the queen of Harcourts. Guess what? These reigns don't last very long. Right, I mean, this is like, uh, you look look at the War of the Roses here in English. Like that, that's how long the, these reigns as the Queen of the Heart Courts are lasting. Uh, I think Danielle's playing great. I think Danielle could take out Naomi if she got there. And if it was Muhova or Bencic, uh, the fact that they were able to beat the players they did, uh, I think it, it gives it form there. So I am not on May- Naomi here. I'm not going to take an outright from this quarter. I think this is, you know, we talk about a quarter of death. I think this is it here. And I don't share John's enthusiasm for for Naomi. So, um, you know, if if I'm wrong, I mean, I'm going against the number one favorite. I could easily be wrong and and we can come back and address this next week.
2: But I I just don't believe in Naomi yet. I love the spicy takes from Spreadster. I mean, that is I love those. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I, I understand. And look, I think the world would love a healthy B.B inform healthy bb against an inform healthy osaka on a hard court and that is the dream quarter final for cincinnati is it not yeah. i mean that will be prime time the last match on center court of the night probably after a men's match um they'll get like the prime time slot everyone that watches tennis will be watching that match i would love for that to happen not for the outright obviously i'd, I'd rather not have an inform bb there uh but uh, if it gets it that'll be awesome um i disagree on collins being able to beat her but uh, yeah, intriguing <laughs> intriguing quarter for sure. Um, intriguing quarter for sure.
0: All right, that wraps up the draw. Again, I have four outrights here. I took Azarenka at twenty-five, Kredj Kova at thirty-three, Sakari at thirty-five, and Holmes Jabor at fifty. John, we know you have Osaka
2: at uh, four and a half to one, and I think he t- took Jabor at fifty to one. Anybody else? Alexandrova Jabor, small at fifty to one. Um, both I think the second quarter. They were in the second or okay. third, one of the yeah, second. How about you, spread? Any any outrights? I actually thought
1: this was the toughest one for me to pick outrights for a while here. Um, like I, I do like Ash, I but plus 550 is too low. Um, Sabalenka, I just don't trust her. I would only bet, want to bet the quarter there. And then we get into all these numbers that, that seem intriguing, but it's like I don't really believe uh, that these players could win. I do like your, your uh, uh, Rybakina look at, at uh, plus 2,000. Maybe Krejcikova if you want to keep it going at 28-1 to 1 here. Um, but I actually didn't like a lot from the outright perspective from this tournament.
0: And let's get into the first-round matches. First one up, spread. you wanted to talk about Alexandrova against Brady, Uh, probably the best first-round match of this event. Now, John, we know you like Alexandrova in the outright market, but we look at the odds. Alexandrova right around even money or 2.0. Brady minus 125 or 1.8. Are you going to be backing the Russian there in the first round as well? Oh,
2: absolutely. And, I mean, it, it comes down to the fact that Look, Brady's played one match since the French Open, since returning from plantar fasciitis. And she was routine. I think it was a 6-3, 6-2 loss. Um, Not against someone as, you know, predisposed to hard courts as Ekaterina Alexandrova either. So I'm not exactly sure why she's a favorite here. Um, Has she done a lot of work? You know, maybe bookies have seen her practice and she looks better. But Camilla Georgie absolutely smacked her. At the Olympics, and that was on a, on in slower conditions. Alexandra is going to have the bigger strokes. She moves her around well enough. That's going to be a really tough match for Jen Brady to come back and find her first win uh, in a couple of months. And I, I definitely think that this is a, a mistake—the wrong woman's favorite—and by quite a bit as well.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a little confused by that. It's hard to know how you know good Brady's feeling and what kind of shape she's in. But um, I think I'll probably end up with an Alexandrova ticket myself. What do you think, spread?
1: Yeah, I, definitely for the first round match, I love that play. Uh, I think that John's right. We're getting a little bit of value here because, Nukes, we we were in the windfall too. How much money did we make betting Brady last year, right? So it's almost like a Pavlovian response. Every time I press Brady, I've got money in my account, right? I want to keep pressing that button, right? So I think we're getting a nice little edge there due to the fact that she was so good last year.
0: Yeah, I agree. The next match I had circled here, Danielle Collins coming off her loss to Pagula there. She's minus 250 or 1.4 against Shelby Rogers. Rogers plus 200 or 3.0. I actually grabbed a Collins alt spread here. Minus five games was uh, plus at oh, wow. 140 or 2.4. I just think Collins continues to win here. Yes, she's played a lot of tennis, but she didn't. Um, you know, she lost yesterday to Pagula. She should have time to get to Cincinnati and get comfortable here. So, uh, I think if she does win this match, it's pretty comfortably. So, I laid the five game plus one forty. Um, what do you guys think?
2: I, I feel like I'd want an over here just with Roger's service ability, but she has not been good at all of late. So, it's it's really hard to, not to justify. Folks.
1: I know uh, the Shelby Rogers Invitational. Um, I
2: mean, even her win at Wimbledon against Stozer took three sets. That's not a good win. Like, come on, dude. She's beaten Kiki Bairdon since, like, okay, if we go back here, I guess I might join you because if we go back to uh, after Charleston 2, she loses her first match. First match beats Christina McHale on clay, 7 5, 6 7, 7 5. Not a good win. In Strasbourg is a huge favorite. Loses, loses her next match, loses first round of the French. Loses first round Berlin. Beats Carolyn Garcia, who everyone beats Carolyn Garcia. Loses in qualities to Bernarda para Lucky loser beats Kiki Burton's. Again, everyone's beating Kiki Burton's. Loses. Beats Sam Stoser needs three. I mean, just nothing about her has been impressive at all for months now. The, the random Maria Suckery win is the only good win she has in months. And that was uh, the second round upset at Wimbledon. So, I, you know what? I might have to join you there trying to sell some games and, uh, and get on the Danimal in some way. Plus, I love her energy. A lot of people say it's over the line. I'm. You guys know. I Putin say it was one of my favorites for that. So I mean, you know, I loved animal as well. So I think I might. Uh, I might just dive in personally and, and throw like a half unit on on a spread with animal.
0: Jabor, minus minus one sixty, right around one point six three against Contave. Contave plus one thirty or two point three. We kind of teed this up earlier. Contave not playing good tennis, um, like Jabor here. Not quite sure how I'm going to attack it, but um, what do you think, spread?
1: Yeah. You know that we love Annette and, and, and we've taken some L's back in Annette, uh, you know, as we've gone back and forth with you, uh, you know, debating on whether or not she's good or not. Um, I, I don't like her form right now. I have not been impressed with the way she's playing. And then she's going against Javor and, and this this goes to the Collins um, handicap as well. If you're thinking about just the Cincinnati perspective, she had the perfect week last week. She played well, she did good, but then she got out a couple days to, to get some rest before this tournament here. So I, I agree with you. I like Jabour. Well, I don't know if you're playing this, but
2: I, I like Jabour, and I'll just lay the minus 160. How about you, John? Yeah, I'm on Jabour as well. Look, Contivate, again, we're big We're big on Annette. Um, give me a sec here. My freaking hair is annoying me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's been in horrible form. Straight sets at the Olympics, losing to Avondrosa, who was not in good form herself at Wimbledon, from six to up. Fought Pagula pretty well in the first round of Montreal. I'll give her that, but you know this is again a, a player like Jabour who's in form. As Spread mentioned, the week this week isn't going to hamper her too much. She ran out of steam against Pagula, but she's going to have several days to get situated. She's got a good serve, I think. That drop shot not going to be as effective as it would be against, let's say, uh, Rabakina. But it could be very effective. It could still be effective against someone like Contivate. She works it so well. She doesn't just have that drop shot planned out. She has the next shot. She knows that if I if I hit my spot with my drop shot, the other player is going to have to come down the line or cross court, either like depending on on which side of the court she's on. And I'm ready there to put away the volley afterwards. She's such a smart player. She's got a big first serve that should play really well in these courts. I really like Jabber to go far. And again, I have her in the outright markets. I think she should be. Um, you know me. I don't like to play the the money lines that are like that. So I've I've laid the games. I think she should be about minus all things considered minus four games here, and she's not. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and back. Uh, oh, sorry, minus three and a half. I don't think I have it out at four. My my numbers have it at three and a half. It's about two and a half right now. Or when I got it, it was two and a half earlier today. So. Um, a full game edge there for me.
0: Krejcikova, minus 130, um, or what does that put there? Right around like 1.75 or so, a little bit less than that. Kasichina, um, plus 110 or 2.1. Kasatkina taking some money here early on this. I did back yeah. Krejcikova, though. I like her to win this match again. I think she's just playing great tennis, and I'm happy to continue to back her, although Kasatkina has done well on hard courts. What do you think, Spread?
1: Yeah, I think the price is short. Um, Kasatkina's played well the last three weeks great for a great for me as a fan it's been fun to watch her almost every morning unfortunately i think she's gonna be tired going into this tournament and i also think this surface of the whole north american swing is the very wor- very worst one for her i think that you know uh she's really gonna have problems getting the breaks there and she's gonna get broken even more so uh, i agree with you at this short price i still believe uh that there is a uh, value on krejikova
2: anything to add john yeah, look. I mean, in defense of Dasha, I think her serve has been more effective this year. We've talked about this all throughout the season, um, and that again will be helped by these courts. But all things considered, I do think the matchup is okay for her. I don't think that ability to massage and counterpunch from Krejcikova is something that's really going to harm Dasha all that much I, at the at the open of about one. Uh, plus 135, $2.35. I was going to be on Dash it when I saw it. By the time I was doing my handicapping for the first round, it was all the way down to about uh, $2.08. And I think that's probably about right. I, I wouldn't have her as a favorite here. I don't see a huge edge um, in these percentages. So I went ahead and and, and passed. And again, like I mentioned in the outright section, Krejcikova is not losing to anybody unless they are elite players going on to win tournaments, right? Bencic won the gold. That's who beat her at the Olympics. And the other loss she's had in the last few months since the since mid-clay season, was to Ashley Barty at Wimbledon. Of course, Ashley Barty went on to win Wimbledon. So, I mean, it's like is not just in form. It's like you have to literally be redlining and winning tournaments to beat her right now. So until I see otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and just pass on that match. Um, Like, I like the matchup for Dasha. I don't like the price there, though.
0: Kvitova in the heat and humidity, minus 150 or 1.67 against Madison Keys. Keys plus 125 or 2.25 it would be great to fade Kvitova here, but Keys has not played well in quite some time. Are you going to do it spread? I know you're not backing on the outright.
1: No, I thought, I thought the price was short for Petra. I've been absolutely. I should say disappointed or something with, um, the way that she's been playing here. So, um, I think, I think there's value on Petra. I was going to grab a couple of these dogs and just our favorites in Parlay them, but I want to talk to you guys and maybe I'm just underrating Madison. Um, but I don't know, minus 150? I thought this should be like minus 200.
0: Keys has played well here off of not much tennis before, but this just screams stay away from me. Um, what do you think, John?
2: Very concerning loss to Rebecca Marino. I mean, Marino's a good player, and she can really hit. But 6-3, was it 6-3, 6-3? 6 that's, that's not good. Um, and I, you also got to check the date that Petra's going to play. Like, that's something, you, okay, you lose a little bit of value early on. I don't think you have yet. But I would check the order of play. Check not only what day is she playing, but check what when, like the order of when she's on court. She's on three, four in the afternoon. Go to you know the Weather Network. Check what the humidity is going to be around that time of the day and the temperature around that time of the day. It's going to be humid all week in Cincy per most forecasts, um, but the temperature could be anywhere from twenty-two degrees Celsius to twenty-nine degrees. And if it's twenty-nine degrees Celsius with like eighty percent humidity, it's going to feel like near forty. And if it feels like near forty, Kavita is in big, big trouble. So. That's something that's like a game time decision, uh, betting-wise. I've got the tab open. If it's not too bad, I'm going to look at set-overs. Um, it's something I would like to see with these two uh, women serving. Um, but if it's going to be terrible conditions, I'd probably side more with a keys money line bet. So oh, wow. I like a, a few different angles. I think there's value depending on the circumstance. I think you've got to wait it out, though, and understand what the conditions will be like before you can really attack this match um, from the individual match uh, betting perspective.
0: Mahova, minus 165 or 1.6 against Conta 135 or 2.35. What are you doing here, John?
2: Yeah, I mean, Conta's coming off a walkover in Toronto. Uh, look, Mahova's dis- loss was disappointing to Doday, right? I'm just trying to pull up the Conta page one sec here. But, like, was Joe really that impressive either? She gave a walkover in the third round. Her second round match was, you know, albeit a big upset over Svitolina, but she did not look good for a set and a bit there. Svitolina was in total control and then in typical Svitolina fashion, kind of just folded. Um, and, of course, against uh, uh, Zhang Shuai, she was down 6-4 after, you know, the first set, and then Zhang hurt herself or got, you know, something caught up to her, and Kanta 5-2 up in the second set got the retirement from Zhang. So, like, if Zhang stays healthy, does Kanta get routine there in the first round? Thoroughly unconvincing and unimpressive match, or sorry, tournament from Joe in Montreal. Uh, now we're down to Cincinnati. Look, I'm going to go ahead and back Carly Mahova to rebound here. I think she's got all the tools necessary to beat Joe Conta, uh, to beat a lot of different players in the WTA Tour. And I'm going to go ahead and play the injury, uh, the injury fade here. I took the minus games. I really probably should have taken the money line at Pinnacle uh, as well for another unit. I might go back and add that now that I think about it, if Joe's not going to make it through uh, two full sets i like to have that in my back pocket as well. So I'll probably add a ticket there as well.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I think I'll join you there. Spread, um, what do you think here at the Zachary-Kerber match? You mentioned earlier you kind of like Kerber. She's plus 200 mm. or 3. Zachary minus 250 or 1.4. I have the Zachary outright, but I'm certainly not backing her in this match. Are you thinking about backing the German spread? I
1: just I- – We got to have, we got to talk about Angelique Kerber. It's just so crazy that we get to an hour into these podcasts and we're not even mentioning a former Grand Slam champion at all. So I want to talk to you guys about your thoughts on her. She usually does well uh, on these quicker hard courts should be a good surface, but we haven't seen the form. Now we're getting two to one. It seems like an opportunity to jump on, but I don't know.
2: I I, I, I need a little reassurance guys. So he's talking Sam Stoser next is former Grand Slam champions. I mean, you know, I was, that was a good joke I was going to make. She's almost getting to Sam Stozer
1: category <laughs> where we don't even mention her in the outrights at all. Like, we've never talked yeah. about Sam Stozer before individual matches in the whole entirety of the pod. And I feel like Kerber's inching towards that
2: territory. I wonder if this is an overspot more than anything. Um, okay. You have two, you know, interesting styles. I think Suckery is the better player, obviously, the most fit player on tour. Um, is going to dictate, which is not always something she loves to do. And that's when she can get a little error pro. We saw that against Krejcikova at the French, the 100 unforced error match, if you guys recall. <laughs> and I was sitting there on, like, I'm watching the unforced errors go up. But I'm like, I want this to happen before we get to 7-6 uh, third set because I want I want this to happen in regulation time. It was 100 unforced errors inside a regulation three-setter, not including the added games that got to 9-7. Because Sakri was forced to dictate, Chikova was like, I don't need to overpower. I'll massage the ball around the court. I'll counterpunch. And Sakiri was just unloading error after error. And that's what cost her. And, you know, we've seen this multiple times. She did it this week against Vika. Thanks a lot. I was on her there as well. Um, (laughs) But, you know, 4-3 up and you could just feel that the break was coming. You could just feel it. That's what happens Mm -hmm. to Like, we can feel it's happening to her. How do you think she feels standing on the court knowing that she's got those kind of ghosts? Uh, from her past attempts to serve things out when it gets down to the business end of sets. Um, it's really intriguing to me. I do think that she's going to dictate she's the better player and, and she could easily win a set. I also think that Kerber's ability to counterpunch here, one, it, it fits so well with like what Krejcikova could do to Suckery in that match, where it's like, yeah, you're going to beat me one set because you're going to serve while well, you're going to hit those forehands, and you can angle really well as well as hitting big. But when you're not on, I'm not just forcing errors. I'm also going to find counter punch winners. And I'm going to take a set as well. And we're going to go down to the third set and battle it out. And I really think the over two and a half sets look might, I don't know. Noops has, or Alex has the better, he does the correlation stuff with the total games versus over sets, which one is the better bet. So I'll defer to him on this. But one of those two, whether it's total games or, or over two and a half sets, I'd be really intrigued by in this match.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing over two and a half sets are a plus 165. That's a solid number. I think that's worth maybe a little sprinkle. And then the total's a 20 and a half. If you're going to play that, just try to sell up to 21, honestly. If this goes over in two sets, it gets to like 22, honestly. But I think you're looking at it over here in three sets more often, honestly, than you are in two sets, given, honestly, how quickly Sakurai has played some matches this year. So I don't hate that, but I would do the two and a half sets instead of the total there.
2: There you go. That's a unibet kind of thing too, by the way, for everyone watching that would like to join in. That's I don't know any of our, any other of my any of my other books that would do that. So that's book kind Baker of a unique situation.
0: but has over two and a half sets. I believe so. I believe they have it as two sets or three sets
2: prop. Oh, okay. Yes, I think three six five then has way. that as well. Never mind. So there are several books. It's just worded differently. It's like your minus Bo one. Bata Bata has it too, right? Two nothing. Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: That's Lots of bookmakers have one plus 125 or 2.25 against Kirsteia, minus 150 or 1.67. John, are you backing our girl Kirsteia here?
2: Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I? Again, it's like I like so many favorites of the first round. I've kind of I I scared myself when I was typing it out. I'm like, between the men's and women's, I think I have six or seven bets input already, and I think all but one or two. One's a pick one's a dog, and the rest are all favorites because – I mean, these, these spreads are a bit too low and I'm almost wondering if it's because we're getting to Cincinnati, which is, you know, deco turf. It's, it's always been known as one of the quicker, not super fast, but quicker, uh, surfaces ad spread mentioned the quickest here in North America. Um, some of those European indoor hards and, and, you know, of course Shanghai and some of the, the Asian swing stuff can be, can uh, get up to being pretty quick. But, um, I think that, that the books are kind of overplaying their hands on, you know, not, not giving too many games to dogs, especially on the men's side. But this is a spot where I think the same thing. Like Jill Teichman is not suited for fast hard courts. So, Serana Kirstea, her game style kind of is. She rips, she serves big, she's going to hit big, but she commits a ton of errors. So the shortened points are going to help her, especially on her serve, um, against a returner like Teichman. And look, Teichman has not been good at all. She took a set of Danielle Collins, who was coming off. I believe Danielle Collins had to play uh, the ninth. No, she had to play the eighth in San Jose at night. Fly lose three hours in time zone differences. So yeah, she lost the first set 4-6 to Tykeman. Then won won 6-1, 6-3. You know, kind of had to get her feet under her. You can understand that travel and potential fatigue spot early on. Her legs might have been heavy. She worked her way into the match and dominated. Other than that, like, what has Tykeman done? She withdrew the lot tournament before that. She lost to Marina Zanevska. She lost to Elena gabriela Rouge. She lost to Camila Georgie. I mean, now you're coming up against Serana Kirste, who's had a very good year, who's going to like the quicker conditions. Yeah, I, you know, I, again, think this should be a three and a half, a standard break each set uh, spread. And I got it at two and a half again, just like the situation with Jabour. Um, so I went ahead and, and bet it again. I, I laid the games and it's like, this is not usually my style. So I'm a little bit nervous. But then you got to follow your numbers, right? If you, if you trust yourself and, and the way you bet.
0: Yeah, I like that. I'm going to be looking at some Kirstena spreads myself. Now, spread the last match we have here. What do you think? Who's going to win in the Olympic gold medal rematch? Belinda Bench right? is playing Vondra Sova here in the first round. It's basically a pick em, minus 110 or 1.91, either way, whatever your standard juice is. Neither woman has done very well here. Vondra has only played twice in Cincinnati, lost in the first round both times, and Bencic won two matches in 2015 and not a single match since then in Ohio. Um, should be a competitive match, I guess, but I don't expect really a long week out of either one of them. Who are you thinking, spread?
1: I like Belinda here. Uh, I think that this will um, lend towards her style of game a, a little better, and I, I don't think that this is the best Marquetta we're going to see. And, and, hey, Marquetta, let's keep doing this. Right? Let's just keep playing terribly for the whole rest of the year and that way you can pick it up next clay court season being undervalued because I, I just don't think we're seeing the best version of her and I'll just continue to ride uh, the player that I do think uh, I am getting the best version of her. So I like Belinda here. What do you guys think?
0: I yeah, lead bench, but
2: it's a stay away from me. I'm not sure really what to expect from either woman. What do you think, John? Another spot where I'd look at an over of some of some sort. Not because and I hated it because I went to see, like, oh, how, how are their overs looking? Like the, the matchup again to me just screams like a potential over. And then I saw the Tokyo Olympics. I'm like, oh then the confirmation bias kind of set in. I'm like, damn it, I didn't want to have that factor in my judgment. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have anything on it right now, but I do, oh man, I do like an over in this spot. And the when when you have the money a money line this close, it's 21 and a half. When you have a money line this close, I thought it might get up to 22, even for two non-serving women. So it tempts me, uh, but again, like you could look at over two and a half sets. You could look at a couple different overs in this spot um, that I, I, I do think this is one of those close matches And both as opposed to suckery and and Kerber who each one could exert their game style. I feel like each one of these women can throw away an entire set, right? (laughs) Like it's the other way around. They each just completely bomb for a set, but then your problem is you could face a three set under, right? Twenty-one and a half. 21 and a half, you could very well see like a, a 6-2, love 6-1-6, and you're like, uh, what just happened?
0: Yeah, if you're going over again, I think That's you go going to two, like, two and a half sets.
2: Two and a half sets, yeah.
0: It's going to so, be a great match for people to win set 7-5, which is my favorite thing to do. But that covers up everything we had on the women's side. Now, John, since we have you back, there's a handful of men's matches you wanted to talk about that we didn't mm-hmm. touch on. The first one being Dimitrov against uh, Batista good Dimitrov plus 155 or 2.55 Batista good minus 190 um or right around 1.5 to 1.53 or so what's your angle here John
2: I mean I don't know why you wouldn't back Roberto Bautista Goot. you know Dimitrov's been horrible for quite a while now really um he's not looked good he's been his serve has been totally unreliable uh, in his few matches that he's played on hard courts, I think, was it the Olympics or was it it was Toronto and he played a tournament beforehand? Hasn't looked good in either. Um, I think it might have been Atlanta, actually. I don't think he was at the Olympics. Um, but either way, or Washington, one of the two. He just has not looked good at all. Bautista Goot, an absolute warrior. Look, he got he got served off the court by Riley Opelka. In the quarterfinals in Toronto, but he made the quarterfinals. He won on a, a war of attrition with Diego Schwartzman. He likes quicker conditions. Uh, I definitely think the Bautista Agut here should be around minus three and a half games. And again, now this is it's going to make a little more sense on the men's side of things because the, of the quicker courts. The serves are going to play a little more. Yeah. But again, minus three here, I think we're getting a, a free half game, and it's right at even money. So you know, it's not even a typical minus one ten, uh, minus three games where. You're only getting a half game there, and the value might just be slight. You're getting, you know, nine cents up from your usual juice, and the half game. I think that has to be a play for me.
0: I don't see how it's not. um Next match you had up here, Taylor Fritz. You know, similar situation here. Bigger favorite though, minus two fifty. Better on one point four against Ramos, plus two ten or three point one. What's your angle here?
2: Uh, absolute nightmare for Albert ramos Vinolas. Not the court speed he likes, not the court surface he likes. Taylor Fitz with the huge serve. Shouldn't be broken in this match, really, unless he breaks himself. Um, he showed some form coming back from injury. I really like Taylor Fitz in this spot. And I took the 2 nothing here because it is plus. it was plus 113 at the time I got it. I'm like, this cannot be over even money. The 2 nothing here should be probably a typical minus 110 um, pick pick'em. For for Ramos Vinolas to win a set or not, and when you are getting plus money for Taylor Fritz to defeat Albert Ramos Vinolas two nothing, I think you have to take that on a quick hard court.
1: Sounds compelling. Spread anything to add there? I mean, I am just betting that right now. I mean, I have nothing to <laughs> add. That's a great breakdown.
0: <laughs> Next match you had selected there, John uh, Hubie Hercas minus two hundred or one point five against uh, David Ochoa Fokina. Fokina plus one seventy.
2: I assume we're going to continue this theme, huh? We're going to lay the games with Hubie. Again, this is a three and a half. I have this actually at four. And I probably have to go back and add to her catch all things considered. I did make it a larger bet already. I will say that. It is one of my larger bets of the first round, um, along with, you know, Bautista, Agut, and I think we got into Kirstea and um, Alexandrova. It's up there as a, as a larger than normal bet because did anyone watch you wear her catch this week in Toronto? It's like he his, his wins came on medium. Uh, courts in Delray and then slow courts in Miami but then he went to the Wimbledon semis uh, on very fast courts and you know he in Toronto medium fast he just about had one of the best quick court players in the world out in Daniil Medvedev he did not get broken by Daniil Medvedev Meanwhile, Alejandro Dovinovich Fokina has done what? He runs around, he throws his body around. I mean, he's he he kind of needs time to run balls down because that's his whole style. The Cincinnati courts aren't going to provide that for him. He got rocked by John Isner. He lost a set 6-1 to a John Isner here in Toronto. Terrible form right now against one of the better, you know, tall, bigger serving. When he's in form, he is really in form. We've seen that from her catch. He's had long, he's had an excited losing streak this year. But if you asked any player, would they would they trade their season for his, despite that extended losing streak? I mean, a Grand Slam semifinal, Masters one thousand title, a two fifty title, and then the quarters and nearly the semifinals, at another Masters event. I think they would. He's, uh, I would not bet against Hercot uh, right now. And this has to be three and a half to four games. It has, pardon me, it has to be three and a half to four games on this spread. It can't, you can't let a two and a half sit there and not punish it. The two and a half, by the way, at Pinnacle is is much more correct. At Bookmaker though, it was minus one ten. That was just completely incorrect.
0: Makes perfect sense to me. In this next match, I think we're going away from the favorites finally. Demon Hour, a short favorite, minus 125 or 1. 1.8 against Krujinovich, plus 105, 2.05. This was one I actually looked at, and I think I'm going to back the dog here. This looks like a nice spot for Krujinovich against uh, Demon Hour, who just doesn't seem right. Is that your plan, John?
2: Yeah, it's. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Everything else I've pulled the trigger on, I will, I will, you know, full disclosure, this is the one I kind of have a little bit of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Not anxiety, but like flashback trauma from, from betting Krajanovic matches. But I don't think he can be a dog here considering his serve plays. He doesn't mind quicker surfaces. Uh, he's got the bigger game than Dimitar. And Demi right now is just being blasted off the court. His his defense isn't there. I thought maybe the three sets against Stevie Johnson would build him up after, you know, the, the coronavirus um, incident. He, he took pictures of him running after uh, his isolation was done and building back up that fitness. And he didn't look affected. But against Basilis, really, he certainly did not look like he had any chance. Um, in that one. And I, I bet him on that match. I laid games. I think it's just about as bad of a loss as you can have uh, laying games with someone. So, um, totally not convinced by Dimonaro's ability to keep that uh, physical level up for a whole match and to defend against someone like Krainovic like he's going to need to.
0: Last up the talk about here the match of the Young Americans, Nakashima, minus 145 or 1.69 against Mackenzie McDonald, plus 120 or 2.2. This is just going to be an awesome match. I'm excited to watch it. But did you have a side, John?
2: I think you have to back, I think you have to back Brandon here. Um, if it's moved to 143, I think I can leave it, but it was around minus 135. I've been fighting myself. The two tabs I've left open were, as mentioned, the aforementioned of a keys match, and I left the odds portal open for this as well. It's just, I don't know what Mackie does better than Brandon here in this spot to be so, like, have this match relatively closely lined and priced. Um, he's just Brandon serves better. Uh, he defends as well. He's got, I think, bigger ground strokes. He's just as athletic. You know, it's been a great season for Mackie. You can't deny that. But uh, I don't know what um is keeping this so close. Again, I think this should probably be up to minus two and a half, three games, and it's probably not uh, that much. I was looking at the money line, like $1.74 I can stomach juice wise. So I was just looking at the money line. Um, but if it's moved down to like $1.68, $1.67, I think I can get away with passing on that match. Um, in terms of expected value.
0: All right, everybody. That's it. Thank you so much for watching. Covered a ton of tennis. Make sure you go back. Sorry I got a little bit split up there, but if you liked it, give us a rating, a review, a thumbs up, whatever you can do. Follow us on Twitter at NetWorthPod. You can find all of our stuff there. Spread at Spread myself at underscore noobs, John at JR tweets tennis. We'll be firing all stuff all week, and we'll be back soon to talk about whatever the tournament is next week.
1: A little break for the US Open. Yeah, yeah, we get to talk about the 250 where Winston skillum uh, where
0: the Chicago, the start of Chicago one yeah. two three.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be as exciting, but usually we find the better outrights here. I think these tournaments are fairly priced, and what we really find the mistakes is those 250s. So I'm excited to do that with you guys next week. And that being said, good luck and.